This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, myself and Simon look ahead to West Ham's Europa Conference League semi-final against AZ Alkmaar. I spoke with Dick Advocat, a former manager of the Dutch club. We also discussed Alpha Inga Hallen's behaviour at the Bernabeu on Tuesday, and we questioned whether it was right for Millwall's players to go out for dinner and drinks after they missed out in the championship playoffs at the weekend. Once you're in a competition, why would you not go all out to win it? Yeah. You win it, you're in the Europa League. The European one's the one we want to set our sights on. They've got a lot of respect for AZ and the way they, they play and what they've got. Antonio to shoot! Antonio to score! Now they're heading into the semi-finals, all right! Oh, this is terrific. And it could get even better if they can get themselves to the final. West Ham host AZ Alkmaar, or as they call them out there, AZAD. What did Dick Apicat call him? Producer Luke? AZ or something. Yeah, you'll hear from him in a second. It's tonight and it's live in Talk Sport. It's the Europa League Conference semi-final first leg. And the thing is, can they go one better this year after last season's Europa League semi-final defeats? It would be wonderful if West Ham can do it. David Moyes is dreaming about doing it. I don't think we've ever hidden away. I think I've always said, you know, I want to get to the final. I want to take the team to the final if I can do so. But when you get to the semi-final, you've got another opponent. You want to show respect and you want you know, to to give them uh, that respect because you have to be a good side to get to a semi-final. AZ have been showing how good they are and done it really well. They've beaten some big sides on the journey already. You know, they, they had to put Anderlecht out. Prior to that, they had Lazio. So they've had some big games to get there. So I don't think them coming to, to us will, will be... They played at Ajax at the weekend. I don't think them coming to us will will, will be a big fear for them. But do I want to get to a final? Well, 100%. And we'll do everything we possibly can to do so. Oh, it's great to hear that. And David, I hope you do. Um, we're going to hear from Dick Advocat very shortly. One-time manager, of course, of Rangers and, and the Dutch national team. But one-time manager of uh, AZ as well. And he's going to tell us just how technically good this side is. But, you know, West Ham fans will know that already. On West Ham, Simon, does the future of David Moyes rest in this tie, do you think? Not only at West Ham, but maybe in top flight football, full stop. I'm not sure about top flight football. I think it makes it easier if there's any reticence inside 
West Ham's higher echelons of decision-making about continuing with David Moyes. Not winning this tournament will enable that to become a louder, more peaked reticence. Winning it will give them an opportunity to look at the Premier League and say, group of players didn't bed in very well, post a very good season, bad reaction. Um, but we won a European competition. We're all right. So why not stay as we are? Um, I do think there's an underlying current. But then again, sometimes we are guilty of listening to a minority that come on to this show and tell us that they don't like David Moyes or his time has gone and the team's performances have been dire in the league for the last 18 months, masked over by European campaigns. And we can be guilty of listening to that noise and it might not be reflective of a 60,000 audience. And then, then it may well be. So going to your question, I think if he wins this tournament which by all rights, there's a distinct possibility they should. That's not discounting who's in it, but Damn. I think... Touch and wood here. Well, touch and wood, yeah. yeah, absolutely, because it's, yeah. London, it's a London side, it's an English side, and you want them to do well. I think that it makes it a much more difficult decision for anyone that's perhaps finger-over-the-button territory, thinking, yes. do I, don't yeah. I, do I, don't I? Yeah. I've always liked David. I don't think this has been an impressive season. I think he has to be held to account for certain aspects of it. But come if the hour, come if the man, and when the need was at its greatest... West Ham pulled themselves together, got themselves together from a combination of David Moyes' calm management and reaction to the circumstances, his experience and his expertise, the group of players pulling their weight, Declan Rice becoming far more prevalent in outcomes, and confidence being built. And all of those have come at the back end of the season. So you always remember, don't you, the last thing that happened. Yeah. The last thing that happens at the end of the season is you've won a European competition you go into the next season with a different mindset. Oh, I think you're so right. And of course, going into tonight, the last thing that happened was them beating Manchester United as recently as Sunday. And I was there and the place was jumping. But interestingly, you think that there's still a place at the top table in football for David. What? Well, after what, uh, after well, what this. Would, what because would, of all his experience, 1,000 plus games, etc. Well, what would be the argument against it? What's David? 60 now? Close to, if not already. Yeah, he must so, be so he's to, in that step. Yeah. You know, so he's in that sort of area, right? Yeah. Which is not an old manager. It's certainly not a young manager, but it's certainly a, a manager that's he gained is 60. sixty. Yeah. Gained yeah. a lot the of experience. Lot of experience. <laughs> that's IQ. Yeah, a difference. Um, they, the um, he's gained a lot of experience. There's a lot of value in David Moyes, and there was a lot of work that he did post Pellegrini, prior to Pellegrini, then post Pellegrini, that was very commendable. So David Moyes should always have a place. Now, that place, I doubt will ever be at the top seat in the top jobs as he once was indexed to by getting the Manchester United job. That that ship has sailed. But I can see him in a space with another club that requires a job not dissimilar to the one that he's done at West Ham. I mean, there's a danger that he's categorised as the likes of Sam, the likes of Pulis in the no, past. No, I don't think he's not. He's not cut from that cloth. At 60 years of age, is, you he not, is there not a firefighter in David as well? No, though? but I don't think David comes with that reputation, does he? He doesn't necessarily. He he takes jobs. Well, he did that, it with West Ham. He kept him up. Well, he did, but I don't think you know. When we talk about Sam Allardyce and we talk about those sort of characters and Tony Pulis, uh, they came in with a specific remit of having done it in previous incarnations. Now, of course, David has landed at West Ham and created that sort of observation yes. but when I think of David Moyes I don't put him in that category of who we're going to call you know when we've got a problem <laughs> I don't think David Moyes I don't think that's the, you think Sam Allardyce don't you think some of the other usual gang that go around that carousel of people that are supposed to get you out of relegation strife Yeah. now where does that leave David it leaves him in a sort of purgatory in limbo land because if he doesn't fall into that category and he doesn't fall into the top seat mm. where does he fall in that middle space where does David land but there will always be a space I think in, in the elite divisions for David and David of course, of course the necessity of doing something the economics of football 
and the benefits of being a manager means that he doesn't really have to do anything unless he wants to. Well, there's a feeling in Holland that West Ham are a big, powerful side that might just muscle AZ Alkmaar out of there. I got more on this this morning, just before we came on air. AZ Alkmaar, for the record, are fourth at the moment in the Eredivisie, but there's a bit of distance yet to go. Their, their aim is to get higher than that before the end of the season, clearly. But their one-time manager is Dick Advocat, who, of course, managed here. Sunderland fans will remember. Rangers fans certainly remember Dick Advocat. And, of course, he was National uh, Netherlands team manager as well. So, I said to Dick, first off, AZ Alkmaar... Tell us more. You will see tonight probably two different styles of football. West Ham is a very physical team because I saw them last weekend uh, with the win on uh, about United. AZ is a very technical team with wingers, individual skills and, uh, and a good plan. They know what to do. But it will be a game between the physical side of West Ham and the technical side of AZ probably. So I'm I'm looking forward to, to to see that game. Which of the two clubs do you think will come out on top, Dick, and get to the final? I mean, what have AZ Altmar got to do here? If you, uh, West Ham will do the same what they did against United, then it will be very difficult tonight for AZ because the physical way of playing, yeah, that is very difficult to play against. But if they can play in between, because if you get the space to play, yeah, they know. They are individual, almost all good players. Young and very talented. Have they had the kind of season they would expect to have? They're fourth in the Eredivisie, 15 points behind Feyenoord. Is that about where you thought they would be, Dick? Yeah, well, they are still hoping that they can uh, play for the first and second place. But, uh, yeah, the other teams are at this moment... Uh, better because also they always play like to play with very young talented players and they don't buy play for 10 12 million or 50 million no it is all two three million that is the most what they do and then they will sell players but it, they're doing well in the half final plus the fact that uh, on the fourth place next season they play as, uh, as well for the european league so they're doing really well with little money because I heard that uh, West Ham spent the budget is 350 and by AZ 30. So it is a, a big difference. The, the feeling here, Dick, is that West Ham are strong favourites. Is that the same feeling in Holland? No, well, I don't know. But, but I think in the home game, that will be uh, it's the right choice because I think that West Ham at home is stronger than AZ. But if West Ham let them play, then they make it very difficult for themselves. You managed AZ twice, I notice. Uh, is that a good time in your career? It's a good club? That was also just for uh, interim, when I was already uh, about 65 at that time. And and we came also by the last eight for in Europe, again with very talented players. And they're doing really, really well uh, by that club. Great club to work for. And Dick Ampercat's still working, Simon, incredibly. He's working with a club in the second tier of uh, Dutch football, Den Haag, I think, uh, in the Eredivisie second tier of football. Simon, I mean, I think this tournament's grown in us a bit, has it not? All of a sudden, we're not dismissing it maybe as much as we did. It's almost gone unnoticed that Leicester were in the semi-final this time last year. They're up against Roma who went out. But then it was a bit more dismissed, was it not, by people like ourselves? Oh, it's a Europa Conference League. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I think we are. I'm still a little bit dismissive of it. Not if West Ham win it. Well, no. Should that we be? Well, I'm not a West Ham fan, so I couldn't care less. It's a European final. Yeah, 
Um, but with due respect to it, like you just said a year ago, it went under the radar because Leicester were in it, didn't focus. This is a team that's won the FA Cup and the Premier League in recent seasons. So if anyone was going to get some more attention about it, it would be Leicester. The fact that it was sort of swept under, West Ham were in it, it's there to be won. You know, we said this about 18 months ago, didn't we? When teams that don't have a regular staple diet of European football, it has inherent value. And if it were Palace and it was my side, I would be as indexed as the West Ham fans would of be. Course, of but we've got to call it for what it is. It's a third-tier European competition made up to create more competition, to create more revenue for UEFA and those that compete in it. I mean, Dick's saying it's a perfect match-up. If you let AZ play, they're technically pretty good. So West Ham don't want to do that. West Ham want to muscle this this side out of the London Stadium tonight, get them in a second leg and overcome them and take on the winners well, of Fiorentina well, and Basel. Well, West Ham will do what they need to do. I mean, I'm sure David Moyes and his coaching staff will have spent inordinate amounts of time understanding what opposition they're playing against and how they need to counteract and deal with whatever they may have to offer. But, you know, like we do, and we have this terrible tendency in this country of forgetting everyone else has talent in their countries, we automatically assume that because our teams are in it, we're going to go through. Yeah. Which doesn't help us and enables people to think that we're arrogant Englanders. But it's really and truly on paper. Dick isn't right. West Ham haven't got a £350 million budget. They got they spent £150 million, but it's still considerably more than AZ Alkmaar have spent. And with yeah. that in mind, you would think, between the two leagues, the Eredivisie and the Dutch League, which is more compelling, which is more competitive. Um, I would suggest, we know without any kind of arrogance about it, it's the Premier League. West Ham have got bigger and better players. So with that in mind, the inherent value of Declan Rice is probably more than the value of that football club. For sure, for sure. They're they're not one of the top. I mean, you get Feyenoord and Ajax and then the rest. Um, So uh, live commentary tonight uh, of uh, West Ham against Azed Alkmaar and it's the first leg of a European semi-final. So they really are at the business end now, West Ham. Can they go the whole way and get to that final? And as I said earlier, in the final, they would meet either Fiorentina and Basel, but get past the Dutch first. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Now, you remember when we were in Qatar together and I told you I had breakfast with Neymar's dad. And then we did a chat with Neymar's dad through an interpreter. And he was a good guy, I felt, but you weren't having him. Because... He was surrounded by a bunch of concubines, wasn't he? Well, he was surrounded, yes. Um, he certainly had a big following that morning down in, in the breakfast area. But you were somewhat miffed that Neymar's dad, for some reason, was benefiting hugely financially from it from well, his, I, his I just son's think there's, gain. There's a balance to be had. I, I believe that I, as a parent, shouldn't live through the deeds of my son. I also understand that if you've... And there's no one likely to have the best interests of their own son more than the father. And But I just watched him strutting around... In, his, in the image of his son, as a result of his son, and you I didn't thought, know him, it. you were nowhere near it. I did. I saw you him. You were out playing paddle tennis. I saw him. I saw you him. You didn't see him. I saw. Well, I, I saw you disappear up his backside, <laughs> headwise. Well, the reason. Um, I, but um, go but, on. The, but the bottom line is no. I, I think this. Listen, I get it to some extent. Yeah. Um, and I get why people like Jude Bellingham's father would be involved in guiding him properly and giving him proper parental advice and keeping some of the you know the parasites of football agency out of his ears um but when i see people strutting around that are ultimately only benefiting as a result of what their children are doing i find that just a little bit especially in the football world where i know how corrupt it can be and how corrosive it can be i think probably all dads would do that would they not though well i I mean i would like to think that my that my achievements in my life 
will be sufficient enough for me. <laughs> well, the reason I ask, you probably heard it in Tom Clayton's news bulletin. It's it's everywhere today. The father of uh, Erling Haaland... Yeah, um, peanuts. Yeah, Alpha Inga Haaland, has denied allegations of throwing peanuts at Real Madrid fans the other night uh, after, and was removed from his seat by security at Wednesday's Champions League match. There is a video on, on the social media at the moment. Apparently shows uh, Alpha Inga Haaland goading Real Madrid fans after De Bruyne's equaliser. Yeah. And he was kind of cupping his ear to them like yep. this before being escorted out of his hospitality seat. Right. In fact, the Telegraph's chief sports writer, Oliver Brown, goes further. He says his behaviour in the stadium, goading Real supporters, and at one point appearing to make a, an obscene gesture, is as mortifying as it is <laughs> bewildering. Why, on the grandest night of his son's life so far, would he choose to act like some Larry corporate freeloader spoiling for a fight? Now, I think that, I'm not sure. Oliver, you obviously... Yeah. seemingly saw more than, than we have been privileged to see on social media but I mean how aware and bothered should players be of their family's conduct is that, um, is that a relevant question well, look, here first and foremost right um, I, I do like the, the end part which is the corporate freeloader because that's probably precisely what he was but have you ever been inside football stadiums when you're someone that rec gets recognised and has to listen to piles of abuse from a bunch of randoms um, that you should just have to control yourself on? I, I would advocate for not giving people any reaction because it empowers them. But by the same token, if you've been sitting there listening to a, probably a group of Spanish fans, having been to Spanish games, they can be quite vociferous. And listening to them pile on to the fact that maybe your son isn't worth the money that the Man City have spent on him and this, that and the other, yeah. they give him a bit back. Well, and lo and behold, did he take someone's eye out with a peanut? That must be offensive. <laughs> they should have searched him on the way in. The peanut police. That <laughs> peanut's a bit too yeah, big, absolutely. Uh, Mr Inga Hallen. It's a bit too salty. Could take someone's eye out with that. But having said that, it's a not, it's a not an argument, Simon, that he's as proud as punch that Erling, his yeah. son, is out there. Be dignified in the moment. Stand and smile. If they're turning to you and giving we, it, giving yeah, it to you, surely you just I stand would, I was and al- smile. I was, al- I would always advocate for that because I think you give people far more than they're necessarily entitled to. Yeah. But by the same token, people are individuals, and they can react as they see fit. And Erlen Harland is a grown man. He has no more need to be worried about what his father's doing than anyone else who's got a father in the public domain. Whether Chris Eubank Jr. you know sometimes grits his teeth with the utterings of Chris Eubank. You know, we are men in our own rights and people can do and act as they please. I had my father, you know, God rest his soul, constantly at Palace saying and doing things that I wasn't always comfortable with. If I had a secret and it was a problem, I'd tell my father, he'd tell everyone else and it would be no longer a secret or a problem. So you have these things, but notwithstanding that, I don't think it should be something that players or people that have fathers that are influential or, or eminent or in our vicinities should necessarily go, oh, I mean, you know, perhaps he will say to his dad, a little bit less, dad, come on. But notwithstanding it, is it a news story? Does it need Oliver Brown to tell well, us uh, yeah, having said that, how obscene it was? Oliver Brown in the Telegraph says, what adds to the strangeness of it all is that Hallen Sr. is also Erling's agent. Real Madrid executives have consulted him assiduously, while the Spanish press cling desperately to the notion that his son could be persuaded to come to the Bernabeu as soon as next summer. Okay. So, I mean, they are, they are is every move... They are following in Madrid. Well, that's not going to that's not going to stop them from signing. And his hero status at Real Madrid, if he lands there at some point in the future, will be will be determined by his performance on the pitch and his attitude, and whether he's standing in front of flags talking about golf being more important to him. I doubt that will be the case. I just think it's a it, it is a bit much if he if he reacted in 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 a way that's not really befitting being the father of a, a big, big star in football who's out on the pitch doing his bit. I mean, just 
Calm it yeah, down. I would, Dial I, it down. I would, Dial I, it I would, down. I would agree with it that there is a better way to operate. I think so. I also agree. I also believe that some of these football fans have got just a little bit too much of it and they can't take it when it's given back. And at the end of the day, if there's a necessity to report this, which is, we, we feel there is because it's being picked up, and look at it in its, in its, in its you know, when, when I hear a news headline saying that Alf Inga Haaland was in a football stadium throwing peanuts at people, I can't really take it very seriously. No. And it will not stop Real Madrid from lining his grasping pockets with the benefit of his son landing at Real Madrid. See, he has grasping pockets. Yes. Well, so you've put him in the same category as Neymar Senior. Correct. Grasping pockets. Yes. They're only doing what they feel is appropriate Fantastic. on behalf of their sons. Then donate the money to the local charity, given the fact that their sons are playing football and it's their sons the ones that should be profiting. Come You're on, just, what you a just, massive you, business You just happen to be there. You just happen to be there. He's the fruit of your loins, so now he's going to give you your pension and your dotage. What a sad little world it is sometimes. Ultimately, that's money that could be spent in other directions, couldn't it? Rather than giving him £20 million or whatever. Don't you remember? Don't you remember that lovely little trinket that Mina Riola told us, or we heard that ultimately, in order for Harlan, Harlan to move, it had to be £50 million for this, £20 million for him, and £20 million for the father? My, my, my. How deserving are you? Well, hang on. Darren and Maidstone's just about got it right. Every father in football is living off their son. There's no father, well, very few fathers, that can earn more than these boys. Let's have it right, Lord Jordan. Well, good. What a wonderful way to look. Well done, Darren. What a, we always want our children to emulate us. We just don't want our children to be responsible for our well-being, do we? It's our job as parents to put them into the world, our job as parents to protect them and give them opportunities. Is it really their job to give us one? Here's the thing. If, if you were the if, dad if you of Erling Haaland, so, you'd screw you, the you life out so, of Real Darren, financially. Then that's your business, and that's wonderful. And what poor sort of a son you're going to have that's going to have to support you through your dotage. You, but my son is going to find his own way in the world. I'm going to have found mine. And if his achievements... Eclipse mine, which undoubtedly they will. Yeah, I'm not going to be sitting there with my bowl out saying, "Daddy's turn." Would you not back your son commercially every which way you could? I would back my son to the last pound I would and put, pence. I would put my son. What I would do is, if you give a man a fish, he can feed one person. If you give him a fishing rod, he can feed about fifty. Right. So the bottom line is, is I would give my son the tools to be able to go and look after his own self in the world, and I'd sit there and go and say, "There you go, son." Daddy doesn't need any help because he's made his life. I've now given you yours. You are, you are now in a position you can negotiate. You can pick the best professional advisors around. You can get the best guidance. You can make your own decisions because you're a big boy. And I won't be there with my cup. Right, OK. What a load you've already put in the shoulders of your young boy, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> Who's my dad? Oh, you're kidding me. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Simon, I'm looking at uh, a bunch of tweets. I hate this about players these days. They should play for the badge. Uh, another tweet. This is embarrassing. They should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, this is another one. I'm a fan. I was absolutely gutted yesterday. The players out having a good time. What were they up to? Now, this relates to Millwall players who were so cheeky as to be seen to be enjoying a night out hours after missing out on a championship playoff spot this week. You'll recall they were 3-1 up against Blackburn, threw it away, lost by four goals to three down at the Den, and they miss out in getting themselves to the the playoffs. What did they do? They go out and have themselves a night out. Apparently, cheeky boys, they even got involved in karaoke Mm. as they tried to cheer each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, singing their hearts out in a karaoke bar with apparently a rendition of Take Me Home Country Roads by John Denver, a personal right. favourite of mine. Very good. Someone's got a lot of detail there, isn't it? Bottom line question is this. Should players really be embarrassed to show their faces following uh, disappointment like that? Should they have been home with the curtains drawn? Or were they entitled to be out having a good time? Well, it's a balance between sackcloth and ashes, isn't it? And getting on with one's life. You know, ultimately, the, the fans will be incredibly emotionally invested. The players, I suspect, will be too. But life goes on, and whilst it's very disappointing that they've managed to steal defeat from the jaws of victory, let's have it right, they were in the playoff spot, they were 3-1 up against Blackburn Rovers, and somehow or another they contrived to lose 4-3. I imagine Blackburn Rovers' participation in it would have something to do with that. But I've always, I'm sort of circumspect about these things, Mm. because I think you have to be realistic. The optics of it are, we spend too much time worrying about what the bleeding optics of it are. Some people would say that this group of players are, are continuing to bond and will be better next season. I remember... In the first season that I had Palace, the players, we got beat at home by Portsmouth. And we'd, I spent a load of money on players and we're rock bottom in the league. And we got beat by Portsmouth. And, and the headlines on Monday morning in the newspapers and the Sunday papers was Neil Rudder had taken all the players out to Asia de Cuba, which is a restaurant in, in St. Martin's Lane. And the f- players were caught singing, going down, going down, going down. <laughs> so there's, a, there's, a, there's one that I wasn't particularly tolerant of. Yes. And, and Ruddock sitting there saying, well, well, it wasn't me, Chairman. Right, and where was you, Neil? Um, but denied it emphatically. There's a balance between that sort of thing. I didn't, my temperance wasn't so good then at that time. Did you call him in after that? I did. I called him in, yeah. I more than called him in. Just him um, or all of them? Well, he was a ringleader. It was a big picture of his ugly mug on the back page of the newspaper with the headline, Palace Players Found Singing Going Down, Going Down in a Swish, <laughs> Swanky London Restaurant, which did not sit well with me. Um, but Neil being Neil talked his way out of it. The point is here is, look, I think that... This idea that people have got to live and die for the badge that they play for. First of all, most of the players that play for football clubs don't actually support that football club. They're there to do a very good job, the best job they can. And there's nothing to suggest 
that they shouldn't be able to go and live their lives. Is it the ideal look? No. Is it the optics of the world that we're constantly being told that we have to look at things through a certain set of optics? I don't like that. This is just a fact of life. These group of boys are going out, they've put a shift in for the season, they've managed to disappoint themselves in a group of fans, but those group of fans will be back next year wanting this group to be a group, and maybe this is part of the territory. It's just part of the territory. I mean, this is Millwall. I mean, I no suppose, one likes them. Well, well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but they got, them, motto, they got themselves into a very good position. Yeah. They're not, they're, you know, they have, they're, they're not a Burnley who've had an incredible what do, season. So, so what is it they want then? Do they, yeah, exactly. Do, do they want sackcloth and ashes? Do they, they want people to walk around in constant contrition and never to be seen? bit like Howard Hughes, lock themselves up in a room yeah. and not be seen until July when they come back from pre-season training. When is long enough? I know what Millwall fans say. Well, not the same bleeding evening. You know, they're supposed to be in absolute desperation, desperate uh, yeah. reaction to losing a meaningful game. I Loose can understand it, Simon, if, if Millwall had gone down. If, you know, if, they, if, they, if well, they'd lost like, a game the other day and were relegated, then they're out, uh, uh, you know, on yeah. the, well, the preparable. Well, but they, well, but they uh, weren't. Uh, hold on, you. What are you suggesting, right, that the expectations of Millwall fans should be so much less that they shouldn't even be anticipating getting into the playoffs? God forbid, And they should be no. grateful for finishing seventh. I'm it just fe- saying to you, it feels yeah, like, it feels like you're suggesting wrong. this little Millwall should be grateful for being anywhere near it. No, now, I'm that, not now that, that is worse than the Millwall players going out and just carrying on with their normal affairs. Don't They're try and drop me in it with some of the no, friendliest you'd, football you'd fans never, in the country. You'd never do that to me, would you? No, no, no. I've been down at Millwall on numerous occasions. I enjoy Mate. going down there. There are a good bunch of fans. And no matter what, they get behind their team. Is that when you and Joe went down to try and change their name? So I find it difficult. That wasn't me. I find it difficult to believe here that the bulk of Millwall fans think they were naughty, think they were out of order going out the other night. Because they'd well, given them uh, okay. a very, so, very good so season let me, anyway. Let me just get this right. This straw poll of the bulk of Millwall fans that we've done, right? The fifteen or 16,000 fans that were there. I'm looking at some of the messages. Are, are, what about three? Say, no, no, no. No, Four. no, no. There the, are the several dozen messages. Right. They're saying, here's another one. Think they're celebrating saving their jobs because most aren't anywhere near good enough for the Premier League. They should know that. If they had 10% of our passion, we'd be in the playoffs. Well, I don't know how well, the fans can take the club look, to the playoffs. But... If it was me, says one of them, Tom, I'd be too embarrassed to go out. I'd want to go home and reflect on where we can improve in the team. I understand Uh, that. And they're asking for trouble by doing this. I understand that. And again, I'm in their side against the notion that you were advancing that poor little Millwall should be grateful for being anywhere near it in the first place. I understand their emotion and their investment in wanting to see their team do well. And nothing can be more disappointing than missing out on a playoff spot or losing in the playoffs. The bottom line is, is that it wasn't a great look. Perhaps they should reflect on it. It wasn't. No. I guarantee you this, though. Guarantee you this, though. The manager would have sanctioned it. Oh, okay. All right. I'm so, do, so, in, do, so let me ask the Millwall fans that are sitting there wanting to vent their spleen at their disappointment. Mm. Do In Gary Rowett, do they trust? Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.